Welcome to the Everyday iRacers podcast. I'm Josh. And I'm Rob. And we are Everyday iRacers, just like you. Rob, I am an Everyday iRacer. I figured out that over the last three years, I raced 260 times in 2020, 226 times in 2021. And this year, I'm on track for 252. So literally almost every day. How many races did you get this year? I'm on uh, 126 so far. And we're six months in. I've only done 57 road races this year. 57 road? Yeah. Done 126. And it's not a competition. I'm just kind of intrigued. But if you think about the first year, that was only eight months. But it was, you know, some lockdown going on in the middle there. So I think I got some extra skippies in. Yeah, we were pretty intense <laughs> right out of the gate. Well, you're yeah. doing all those short master races too. They're coming around every hour, I guess. Quantity, not quality. But there's no question, my racing quantity has gone down this year. Yeah. Just life's busier, right? Not working at home as much, out and about, traveling, yeah, whatever. It's good. I still love it. I still enjoy it and still keep working on my rig. And I think it's cool. And the whole hobby is incredible. I'm just not doing it as much or, or as many hours as I used to. I traded valuable sim roof building time for more races, right? That was the decision I made. <laughs> exactly. I don't have a roof. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so. Well, here's another possible explanation. And I've been in oval racing a lot. I mean, you were off racing road stuff, GT3s or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was doing trucks, a lot of trucks. I don't even remember where all the tracks were, but I, you know, there was Kansas, it was Texas and Charlotte. And I, I needed to get my safety rating above three. Yeah. You know, by the end of the season, you know, it, which is which is like the end of the week, right? I need, they need to be above three just so that I can get from my B license to an A license. And again, not because it's a nice fancy color to complete my circle of blue licenses, but I want to be able to race the next gen car and I need well, my A license for that. If I were to put a label on your truck experience over the last, whatever, three, four weeks, it's Daytona recovery mode, right? Yeah, I got hammered at Daytona. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So literally, I, the, the price you paid for having a great time it, at Daytona was you got knocked down to a B. And yeah. I dangerous. I was dangerously close myself. But it's hard to earn safety in oval racing. At least it is for me. I find it really difficult. I don't know. I just get caught up in stuff. And I mean, I go back and I look at the replays. And you know, if I get in a wreck, and a lot of time I get in a wreck, and you know, I'm like, ah. Oh, that guy like you know cut me off or whatever it happens to be i go back and i look at it and i'm like yeah you know i kind of left the door open a little tiny bit or i wasn't as close to the line as i thought i was so you know i left that hole for him to make a run for it on the last straightaway and so it's important to go back and look at the replays so you can kind of analyze where you're making some mistakes because you know i made some mistakes well my, my big point to you was do the indy 500 and that'll just give you a huge boost. That is what gave me a boost. Yeah. And when I did the Indy 500, I went up 1.68. So that was pretty significant. Got me back to a 4.44. Yeah. And did you gain a whole bunch of I rating as well? I gained 85 I rating. Yeah. It's quite a bit. I also got second place in the Indy 500. The big race. The big one. Second place in the Indy 500. Which is a little misleading. I, I got it. I earned it. At the end of the race, there are only, I think, three, maybe four of us still running. So there's something to be said for that, but it was there a war of attrition. Three or four of you in the whole race? Three or four running, literally. Well, that's a lot of attrition. 
But it you is. know what? The point is you survived it all. You know, those people dropped out because they ran in the walls. It's still second. It's a legit second. Totally. And, you know, I think one of the things that you and I have always wanted to do in iRacing is, are these big races. Le Mans was a big thing for you. Indy 500 has always been something I've, I've been a fan of in real life. And here was a chance to actually run the whole race. I remember it being pretty intimidating if you go back a couple of years. Just those walls come closer and closer. And now... They're still intimidating. They are, but there's a rhythm. I think really the crux of this is you're just better at it than I am. Let's call a spade a spade. You're a better IndyCar oval racer than me. Because we were in the same race a couple of times and you were just walking away from me. I was just minding my own business at the back of the pack and you were up there charging for the podiums. So congrats to you. And, And furthermore... You like Indy so much. You went there this year. That's right. I, I've I've wanted to go to the Indy 500 since I was 11 years old and had never made it out there. Finally got to go see the race in person, see the Indianapolis Motor Speedway in person. And you invited a special guest. I did. My podcast partner in crime, <laughs> none <laughs> other than Rob. <laughs> yeah, we met together at the Indy 500. I know that we've I don't know, talked about it on our podcast many times, you know, the story of Rob and Josh, but this really is like the coming together of it. So, and just, <laughs> we met on iRacing, we met on Discord, we started a podcast together, we've been hanging out yep. for two years yep. online as online friends, and you're a good friend. My family and my friends, everybody kind of gets a bit of a kick out of it. I've got this good friend who lives in Georgia. I've never met him. And we met for the first time face-to-face for the Indy 500. It was awesome. And appropriately, it was we met up at a race. And not only that, some might consider it one of the biggest races in, in the world. So we met in Chicago, and we both checked into the same hotel. I was there like a day earlier. And then you were like, you texted me. Okay, like, I'm here. I'm just going to throw my bags upstairs. I'll come down to the lobby and, you know, meet you. I'm sitting down in the lobby and I'm waiting for you to sort of get out of the elevator or whatever. And you're around the corner and you're like, hey, Rob. Hey, Josh. How's it going? Good. Good. Let's go grab a beer. Yep. Sounds good. (laughs) That was about it. (laughs) We know each other so well in this world that you live in. And we've talked about Discord and all this stuff that you can kind of connect with people like you know we know people across the globe fairly well you know it it was just kind of a continuing conversation it wasn't this angel singing it was like oh hey what's up man we're just picking up the conversation from the day before (laughs) except now we're just sitting across the the table having a beer (laughs) yeah it's that was actually that's kind of cool that's a a, sort of a testament to the world we live in and the tools and technology that that we have that can kind of shrink the world and you can have a friend that lives you know three thousand miles away and no big deal you know, I know it's not really iRacing related, this this banter about us sort of meeting and going to Indy 500, but uh, hey, we're 42 episodes into doing podcasts together. I think that's a, a worthy story to sort of uh, to share with everybody. It would even be cool if we were endurance teammates and we said, oh, let's meet up. We both like racing. Let's go to the Indy 500. But we've, we've done four, 42 podcast episodes, yeah. like you said, hung out online, have a great time with, yeah. with a whole community of, of friends and fellow iRacers, and then to kind of just meet up in person. And it turns out we're exactly the same people, you know, whether we're sitting across the table having a beer or yeah. 3,000 miles away sitting in our sim rig. For sure. Okay, so uh, we met up in Chicago, and then you rented a car, and whew, down we go to Indianapolis and connected with a few of your friends. So it was sort of a group of us. But we went yep. to Carb Day, 
on the Friday. You can sort of go and wander all around and check out all the different seats and they go out and they hit the track and sat down in turn one just past yep. the start finish line, which great seats. I don't know if we would uh, have access to those seats on race day, but certainly enjoyed them on uh, carb day. Got to see the cars on track. And the, and the thing about carb day that we found, by the way, yep. it's pretty racy. I mean, they're practicing passing and racing and side by side and three wide and a couple incidents. Yeah. You know, e- even an upside down crash, which, uh, you know, no one got hurt. Yep. But. And, and I will add that is as fast as I've ever seen a car go. Yep. Like they're doing 240 miles an hour. I've never seen a car go 240 miles an hour. But yeah, and then, then we, uh, on carb day, you can wander anywhere around the track. And, and so we went down by the pits and went down by Tony Kanon's pits. And lo and behold, there's Dave Sampson. It was, it was really cool to meet him. I just had a, a sim rig setup session a few weeks before. You had one the following week coming up. We certainly know him from, uh, you know, yep. uh, his many YouTube videos and the community that he's got that we've always um, kind of talked about how that was where we got our start, uh, you know, joining joining his community and, and meeting a lot of great folks over there. Did our first endurance race as part of his community. So, yeah. And when we were in the pits, we were on one side of the fence and he was on the, the good side of the fence. <laughs> we were on the wrong side of the tracks. But I saw him there. He had his back to us, but he, I could see him there with his yeah. face down on his phone. So I sent him a direct message on, on Discord. I was like, hey, turn around. I'd like to have your autograph. And then he immediately flipped around and it was like, hey. <laughs> so it was great. I mean, when you go to a real race, it's kind of hard sometimes to keep track of everything that's going on. I went into this race really gunning for Tony Kanaan. So yep. I had my eyes on him like the whole time, you know, and, and Dave Sampson was there, you know, in the pits with them. So there was the connection in that front and on race day, you know, we were following him and he was up in within fifth place the entire race and was in third place for the last couple of laps. So it was really fun to have somebody to really sort of corral behind emotionally during the race absolutely i mean like you said we got down to the last three laps i think it was under green and and he was contesting the lead i mean he was right there so yeah ended up in third but yeah what what a cool experience to be rooting for him and and to have him do so well yeah. um yeah but indianapolis it was a lot of fun very hospitable people everywhere i went it was just an awesome time quite a spectacle the greatest spectacle in racing they call it so yep 300,000 people. It's a lot of people. The tailgating kind of that goes on in the parking lot beforehand, the people in the USA Speedos with their coolers, and uh, it was a beautiful hot day, and it was just a, it was a really awesome weekend. So, thanks for inviting me. Yeah, I'm so glad that we were able to hang out for a long weekend, four or five days, and, and see a great race and meet some good folks. Mm-hmm. Re- really enjoyed it, and uh, we're certainly going to plan other races in the future. Really enjoyed kind of doing that cool all right so speaking of dave sampson at the uh, indy 500 just a few days later you had planned a a sim rig setup session with with dave how you know how did that go it was awesome great value for the money that's for sure we spent an hour and a half together an hour and a half just disappeared like lickety split it was a whole bunch of sort of small things that just make a difference he gave me multiple levels of small improvements. So it wasn't like a big Eureka moment. Basically, I was leaving about 20% of my force feedback on the table, wasn't even utilizing it. I just have a belt driven, you know, version 2.5 wheelbase. So, hey, if I can pick up 20% 
force feedback. That's pretty good, right? We fiddled with brakes and all that kind of stuff. And I haven't talked to you about this. You have mm -hmm. a fancy Hussenfeld sprints yep. with curves built in and all that. Well, I don't have curves with my version three Fanatax, but I had a dead zone sort of programmed into my brake. I've taken the dead zone out of my brake completely. It's what Dave does, but he never once said to me, oh, this is the way you should do it. What I appreciated when I went through it was, I don't know if we can use the word voyage of discovery, but it was this like almost a scientific method. But then he leaves it up to you within a sort of a range of parameters, right? Uh, it's something that he's measuring and then tweaking and then measuring and coaching and tweaking, right? It's a sort of back and forth process. And he uses VRS, I think, like to find that 20% force feedback he left yep. on the table or to, to talk you through your dead zone and should you keep it or should you remove it. Yeah. Anyway, we fiddled with graphic settings and a little bit of stuff here and there. But, you know, overall, it was very worthwhile. And I picked up lots of little technical and driving tidbits. And it was a, a great use of my time. And I really appreciated his time. Good. I will say, though, since we're talking about Fanatec and force feedback, I'm going to call a guy out here on our Discord. Our Aussie friend, Lee, has been a bit grumpy sometimes about Fanatec mm -hmm, and their mm -hmm. firmware updates. And it's well documented, right? It's public knowledge. <laughs> and, and he's gone so far as to seriously consider just selling his Fanatec direct drive and go with a Simicube product, which is a fantastic product, right? He was well down this path. I think he even put it in the buy and sell on our Discord that he was going <laughs> to sell his direct drive wheel. Fanatec just came out with a new firmware update for their everything, their wheels, their brakes, their wheelbases and stuff. And Lee was the first one to jump on it. And he was the first guy to get onto our Discord and say, hold your horses, everybody. If you have Fanatec stuff, grab this firmware update. It is fantastic. Like game changer. Like he feels like he has a completely new wheelbase now. If there was, I don't know what he was feeling. But let's just say there was like notchiness in the middle or something like that with his podium wheelbase. He said completely gone. It's like super smooth now. The force feedback that he gets is just night and day. He really felt like he has a completely new wheelbase. And the consensus in some of the conversation that I've been reading is that this firmware upgrade was great. So I updated my pedals and my wheelbase. And, you know, I'd have a little belt-driven thing, eight Newton meters or whatever. But force feedback is better. It's definitely smoother. And my pedals even feel smoother. I don't know if it's just placebo effect, but Fanatec, great job on the firmware update. I, that's so great to hear because I know Fanatec is, is really popular. They make a great product. They have a, a whole ecosystem. It's such a nice thing when some kind of software or firmware update comes out and it absolutely improves what you've already got, sort of at no additional cost. Yep. So absolutely, I felt that Fanatec deserved a little shout out there. Good job, Fanatec. Keep me in the ecosystem. So super quick, but... Did you see Swellio's video about his real racing? I watched every minute. It's so well produced, by the way. It was awesome. And I will make sure that we have the link in the show notes. It's fantastic. So Swellio, we had him on a few episodes ago, does coaching, wants to be a real-time driver, and was getting ready to go participate in this Canadian real racing series, right? Yeah, it was absolutely just compelling to to watch his weekend, right? I would say against all odds. I mean, the weather, there was a tornado that kind of ripped through the area where they were. He hadn't raced in the rain because iRacing famously doesn't have rain. So his first laps in that car, 
in race conditions were were in the rain but he he made the most of it i think he had a, a you know a great weekend I, I loved when you're watching the video like he had a one x when he went off the you know the edge of the track one time he didn't go off the track but right when he kind of pushed yeah. it on the the corner i just loved the, the way he edited that and kind of made it a narrative and was kind of talking over it and talking through what okay what i'm experiencing here is this or you know that compares to something else in sim racing it's it was it was just great how he tied it all together to the world that we know he was pausing his real world video and talking about how it was different or the same as sim racing it was really well produced and i can't wait to follow him through the rest of his races so yeah so swellio keep it up <laughs> we're all kind of rooting for you we're all watching we're all waiting for episode two right so top-notch video yeah. that was a great video and speaking of real world racers, just for one sec, because this coming weekend is 24 hour Le Mans. Correct. And we're fans of the Michael Fassbender Porsche videos that have been coming out for the last couple of years. And he's getting his moment, right? The pinnacle of certainly endurance racing and Fassbender will, will be there. Hopefully. Well, he will, right? Well, I don't know. He had a bit of a mishap yesterday. Oh, no. You didn't hear that? I didn't. Oh, yeah. We were in like a quality session thing. And oh, uh, no. yeah, he plowed into a wall okay so he's okay yeah but i don't think the car is in great shape i don't uh, have any further information all right but um so by the time anyway. you hear this he'll have either won or <laughs> you know <laughs> exactly right so i'm excited so. about that i'm going to tune in i already want to watch lamont and um certainly now we have someone to kind of root for there's certainly a bunch of name brand drivers in in the race but he's he's kind of one of our own uh, from a distance, <laughs> followed yeah. him to this point. And, you know, really quick, speaking of real world drivers uh, in the iRacing world, Max Verstappen, I saw this uh, on Reddit. He jumped in a race and he typed in, I'm on a controller, will be fun. Be careful in turn one. And then he wrecked a bunch of people out, you know, not a bunch, but three or four people out of the race, like right as they crossed the finish line and going into turn one. But but sort of on the topic of, of Max and real world racing and Michael Fassbender, there was an article or a, just sort of a news item that came out today. Damon Hill, who won the F1 World Championship back in the late 90s. Mm -hmm. I, I've talked about this before. Daniel Ricciardo, another F1 racer, he's struggling at McLaren. And, and Damon Hill said, I think that Daniel Ricciardo is caught in between the generation before him and the generation after him. And the generation after him was raised on sim racing. And he said, I think that really makes a difference. When we talk about Max Verstappen, Lando Norris, Alex Albon, like all these sort of drivers that are up and coming, Charles Leclerc, they all do iRacing. They all do sim racing. I mean, Max is doing it from the track yesterday, right? On his laptop, yeah. on a controller. And he's saying maybe the fact that he's not part of this sim racing generation is actually kind of holding him back a little bit so i just i thought that was interesting that even a commentator who was a world champion at one point is kind of acknowledging that there's something to be said for uh, sim racing at, with these guys that are at the highest level in f1 and you know there's a whole ecosystem here that is beyond me like i don't even understand it i don't even know it exists i don't play around in acc or r factor 2 and any of this stuff but there's lots of stuff going on out there, like outside of iRacing. I subscribe to those Coach Dave emails. Dave Perel, who, by the way, is racing Ferrari in the GTE class at Le Mans this weekend as well. So I'm going to absolutely be keeping my eye out and rooting for, for Dave Perel's team as well. Anyway, 
he has a company that do setups and all that kind of stuff. And you get an email from them. So one of his emails from a couple of weeks ago, he was talking about all the different competitions that are going on and pro stuff that's going on and professional esport teams. And, and some of it's taking place on R Factor 2 and other ones are taking place on a set of Corsa. And so there is a, a big ecosystem here that is outside of my sim racing world. But I suspect that it is... It's increasingly getting more and more sophisticated, more and more professional. All those pro racers out there that are all using using the sim, you know, that's part of it, right? Absolutely. And that ecosystem, even outside of iRacing, continues to grow. There was a new announcement in the last week and a half. A, a sim called Rensport will be coming out, mm -hmm. I don't know, about a year from now. And it has the backing of, I think, like BMW and Porsche and Mercedes, right? It's, I think it's a German-built sim, and they have German car manufacturers behind them. And I think it's already been named, like, it's going to be used for one of the eSports series, which is a little bit outside the purview of our iRacing experience. But like you say, it's, it's kind of a big world out there once you get into the eSports side of things. Speaking of Rensport, yep. I was just talking about Dave Perel in one of his recent emails. He said, last weekend, I got to try the new Rensport racing game. I've never even heard of it until this, and then you just mentioned it. Mm -hmm. He said, it's still in the very early phases of development, but what they showed us was very polished. Won't read the whole thing. They tried the Porsche GT3 and the BMW GT3 at Hockenheim. He said that in his view, the contact model is one of the best that he's experienced. In terms of physics, not quite to the level of ACC yet, but he said, you know, it's early days and totally going to, you know, reserve judgment until they have a product out. But the field is becoming more populated. What, what I love about all of this is the competition aspect, right? Any frustrations we have around graphics or this or that, I think it sorts itself out when there's competition. And all of a sudden, mm -hmm. something that could be on the back burner gets pushed to the front burner. Um, yeah. That's just how the world works. And, and so, I'm not too worried about the communities being split or, or any of these things. That may happen. But to hear that there there's maybe a new player on the scene, it's, they'll come on strong, but they can't replace iRacing overnight. It's not going to be brought into the world at 100% of what it will be someday. So, gives iRacing, ACC, whoever else a chance to respond. But, but I love yep. it. I love that the whole community kind of benefits from that. So, we're in week 13, which means we had a season update the other day. Yep. And blanket first impressions, Josh? Well, the uh, LMP2 got the wipers enabled, so rain <laughs> might be getting closer. I read that. So, that's good. <laughs> yeah. But no rain. That's okay. The anticipation, uh, that feeling of, hey, it's still coming, guess what? We'll get to live with that a little bit longer. So, I'm okay. <laughs> the Christmas Eve feeling continues for at least another three months. <laughs> yeah. And I think the new grass will be coming also in that same release. Yeah, I liked your uh, your comment early on when you did not see it in the release notes. Your comments on Discord was like, yeah, but you know, I think maybe they might just surprise us in the morning. And then when it didn't show up in the morning, your flavor goes, yeah, but you know, there's a hotfix coming super quick. They've dropped stuff in the hotfix before. So it's like, keep the dream alive. That's why we all love you, Josh. Oh, hotfix one came out yesterday. I've not been so excited for a hotfix ever. And I think they <laughs> they fixed like the Fuji Raceway had maybe uh, uh, like something was out of place or something. Uh, so, yeah, they did not put dew on the grass. 
on the hotfix. For all we know, and this comment won't age well, they've they've put rain on our hard drives, and then they're going to flip a switch maybe tomorrow and enable it. That's and creepy. New grass. Maybe they'll just tell you guys like, hey, control G, enable the grass. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so we did not get those graphic updates. A little bit of smoke and a little bit of uh, dust updates, which I always get excited about. Have you seen the break bloom? No. Break bloom lights? Did you even know about this? I read just on the GT3s that they did that, but I haven't seen it. I think maybe just the GT3s. Oh, yeah. see? Just better, those little better, touches. Just tiny little touches, you know? Yep. Just just the finishing brush strokes. Yeah, so they did that. The new AMG car. Sounds good. It does. You know, I never did buy the Mercedes GT3 before. You enjoy the audio stylings of the GT3 racing against it, but you never... Exactly. When okay. it drives by you or when I passed it, yeah, you know, you could hear oh. the engine. It was like, oh, I kind of wish I was in that car. Ugh. Yes. So, that's kind of cool. And that looks like it's modeled after... Was it modeled after... Yeah, Daniel Morad. He did a pretty cool update from, from a racetrack and toured his, his real-life car. And he said, you know what? You might recognize this at some point soon. And sure yeah. enough, unless we were completely misled, I think that's his car that's been modeled, which is pretty cool because he's an avid iRacer and big part of the community. Yeah, it really is. Any other big highlights that strike you with the with the update? A haze effect has been added to smoke and dust, which I kind of mentioned, and a new tire graining and cording effect. It sounds small, sounds kind of silly, but you know what? It, that's something that happens in real life, and it's it's just pretty cool, right? The finishing touches. Damage <laughs> model was added to the, the big NASCAR cars. That's kind of cool, right? You can really smash those up now. What are you laughing we're, about? We're, we're, I'm laughing because like they have done some pretty cool technical things, and we'll talk about some of that stuff, but yeah. we're really focused on the graphic side of things, and we're trying to remain really positive about it <laughs> and we're talking about like oh yeah he's got like the, the fine fine paintbrush where they're just doing these little touch-ups which are really it's all in the details right mm -hmm. but deep down i'm kind of thinking man they need to get that paint roller out and forget the little tiny paintbrush they need a big paint roller give us some grass baby you know? Here's what I think is happening. They <laughs> bought those companies, what, six, eight months ago. Mm -hmm. One of them is really known for physics. Maybe one of them is really known for graphics. I think that they're back in the laboratory. Maybe they even did a reset on some updates that we would have gotten by now. And they are putting just a level of polish that is heretofore unknown. Right? <laughs> yeah. I mean... Yeah, like love, next, next love gen. Love the optimism. Yes. Love the optimism. Forget next gen graphics. We're talking next, next gen. We're skipping right over next gen. So, that's I think that's coming. Yeah. But in the meantime. <laughs> uh, but they did add, and I have not explored this, but they've added some function in the graphic settings. I don't know what it does, but there's more graphic settings. Uh, I shouldn't talk about it if I don't know. Well, it's the, the I think you're talking about the AMD Fidelity FX, the super resolution. I don't know, something Dave Sampson, uh, I was watching a stream that he was on, and he was going over some of this new stuff, and uh, he clicked it, and it looked good, but it dropped his FPS from like 140 to like 70. Well, two things happened. They put in the new FSR, and basically it renders the game at a lower resolution, and then upscales yeah. it at the last second. And uh, so meanwhile, your, your GPU is not working quite as hard. And oh, yeah. it almost looks as good on screen. Dan Suzuki did a video on it as well. And he kind of 
dug into the scientific comparison of frames per second with the different levels of settings and it's worth the eight minute watch i enabled it the other night if you go for the super fast setting it sure does look bad if you go for the Mm. quality setting you really can't tell the difference and Mm. you gain some nice frames per second maybe 20 frames so guess what you can turn on some other features or, or maybe just enjoy the higher frame rate one thing that is in the release notes but isn't obvious is they changed the shadow settings and they say something like we simplified the shadow settings so now it's just on or off instead of like multiple levels of detail okay sounds good maybe my mom can now do shadow settings without having to think about it too much but what's happening is people are losing a ton of frames and because they can either turn it all on or all off and it's kind of made a mess of things like people in in vr in particular apparently are going from like a solid 80 down to like 50 frames per second and losing the cool shadows that are shaped like the car instead they're just getting like a block so i'm sure iRacing will fix that but i think they tried to make things simpler and instead kind of made things worse so Hmm. who knows i look forward to chatting with some oval racers about how they feel about the update because i think it was pretty good on the oval side of things damage model in the next gen cars and i do not understand it yet but i think it's going to make a big difference is the start zones that yeah, they've added zones. on a whole bunch of the tracks and i started reading the rules on it and how it works i think it's one of these things i'm going to need to read three times over and have two people explain to me but nevertheless it should make the starts a little more fair reasonable predictable and prevent some chaos that is unnecessary yeah, there's there's a lot of words there, it, which tells me that it's good. A lot of detail. Someone's yeah. gonna have to explain it to me like I'm five, and then I'll get it. So we'll check in with our oval friends. And maybe we can revisit that. Yeah. Maybe we just need to live through a start zone restart, and then we'll get it. Yeah, it's been two years, and I'm still learning. Uh, don't pass on the bottom. <laughs> oh, speaking of which, you made a comment the other day about damage fuel leaking fuel or something, and you were like, yeah. "I didn't even know you could have damaged leaking fuel." And I was thinking about that, and I went into iRacing and I turned on the feature. You know how you can have the iRacing spotter, mm-hmm. which I don't use because I use Jim. Yeah, Kuchif. Yep. But I do have the button click for like the spotter words to come up, which I did not have on before. And when you put the words on, it tells you a lot of stuff like, hey, stay to the right. You know, if there's a, if there's a yellow flag, you don't just get a yellow flag. It's telling you like, hey, there's a slow car on the left hand side of the road or it's telling you what your damage is. You've got damage to your wheel. It's like a, like a whole world they didn't know existed. I mean, stay to the right like, under yellow and your wheel is damaged. Totally. You have no idea what damage. You're in. You're sitting behind the driver's seat. You can't. I'm going to hypothesize that this is going to tell you what the damage is. And I bet you there's like a fuel thing there. Well, the, the thing they fixed, it's under the pit stop section. It says fixed an issue where fuel leak repairs appeared to repair four times faster than the repair countdown. And my comment is just didn't tell us what you're have. fixing. I didn't know. I didn't know I could have a fuel leak. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Actually, spill some fuel on the track while we're at it. I mean, we're about to have rain. Let's start with fuel. Spill some fuel. Get some liquid out there to test That's it. That's what we need. That's what we need. A little oil on the track. Yeah. If they don't give us rain by Christmas, give us oil slicks and fuel as a starting point. Beta test it. I don't know if you're going to win that referendum. <laughs> I'm going to, I want to take what I can get. <laughs> we'll have rain. Christmas we'll have time. rain. Yeah, for sure. And then the, what does the rain do? It waters the grass. And so we'll have grass. <laughs> Precisely. Oh, one more thing that I'd like to briefly mention. Famous last words. Okay. Briefly mention. I'm, I'm excited. What is it? 
<laughs> I've been talking a lot about my roof and I've been answering a lot of questions about it on Discord and stuff. And I've been talking about doing a video and I finally broke out my GoPro camera and took a little walk around of my rig where I'm talking about this and that and the other thing. So I'm just going to make a little YouTube video and I'm going to stick it out there. Very cool. Well, Josh, it's great to be back in the recording booth with you. Absolutely. If you've enjoyed the show, please hit that follow button wherever you're listening to your podcasts. If you have comments or would like to send us an email, you can shoot us a line at everydayiracers at gmail.com. If you'd like to chat about all the same things that we talk about here each week, you can join our Discord. The link is in the description. And we hope to hear from you on our Discord. And if we don't, we hope to see you on the track.